Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 (laughs) days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. I'm Tom. Thank you for making me feel so welcome. You know what, Tom? Anytime. Anytime. Happy April, y'all. Where this is a first episode, a first official episode of April. That's bonkers. Have we ever heard Happy April? Uh, we're hearing it this year. <laughs> <laughs> happy April. She's going to find always you. always happy. I'm she meeting up with her again in May. I'm excited. Yeah, you are. <laughs> she will find you. She will cut you. Y'all, we got so much participation in round one of our Tissa podcast March Madness bracket to determine the ultimate Christmas movie. And looking ahead to round two, we have some intense matchups coming. We do. Uh, We really, really do. And I am really surprised about some of the upsets. Uh, From each of you, what is an upset that that has you bummed? There are a few. I was upset Anna and the Apocalypse got knocked out so early. That was my big hurt. That one hurt a lot. That's right. That's my hurt, too. Rare Exports was also a hurt for me, though... I don't know that I was really expecting it. Yeah, there. I mean, there were some that hurt me, but I was expecting. Right. One, for example, was Holiday, which I prefer to love, actually. I was happy that Krampus and Gremlins both moved on. Some I, really wanted a, I really wanted a horror showdown at some point, but there's yes. no way that's happening. No way it's happening. Because both of our horror films are up against different Miracle on 34th Street. Yep. That's a lose-lose uh, right there for them. I was surprised the Santa Claus 2 beat Alistair Simpson's Scrooge with people seem to love. I know Disco 54 and a few different people on our Facebook group commented about that. I think that's maybe yeah. one of those that a lot of people talk about loving, but because you're supposed to. But then when you go, like when you can vote in private, because it wasn't even close. I um, was pleasantly surprised Mrs. Santa Claus beat out Jack Frost, 1998, considering yeah. a lot of people haven't heard of that movie. I can't help but think that we've probably inspired we've people, people to go watch it. because I hope so, because they should. Yeah. Say about it. I'm very curious to see if there are going to be upsets next week. And when I say upsets, I don't think there'll be upsets to us, because we have very clear opinions on these matches. But <laughs> listeners love a lot of these you know, both movies and these head-to-heads, like mm-hmm. White Christmas and Muppets Christmas Carol, It's a Wonderful Life, and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, The Santa Claus, The Santa Claus and the Christmas Chronicles. Oh, I think I know which one. I think I know what will come out on top for that one. Which one? Let me have Santa Claus. 
I hope there's so. A, Santa Claus has a nostalgia factor that. Yeah, it's got more longevity. A Christmas Story and Home Alone too. That's I a know tough one. That's a tough one because a lot of people don't think the second one yeah. is as good as the first, and a lot of people have the love for a Christmas Story. Yes, they do. Yeah, I think Christmas Story is going to take that one. I would have said Scrooged in The Nightmare Before Christmas, but I think a lot of people are in your boat, Julia. I think that's more Halloween than Christmas. Yeah. Well, this is Halloween. This is Halloween. It does have one of the best Halloween songs. The best Halloween. Well, no. I still like the Hocus Pocus. I put a spell on you better. but <laughs> That may just be because of Bette Midler. <laughs> she does make everything better. Speaking of Halloween, look what I got in the mail today. I found this gem. And uh, I'm still expecting the Christmas one. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, a make the making of a television classic. It's a nice hardback at all. Oh, that's exciting! Yeah, I ordered the I ordered a Charlie Brown Christmas as well, the making of a television classic. So I'm how far you've come, this. Anthony? That You're was welcome. all you, Julia. <laughs> you are welcome. I, I'm thank disappointed. you. What What do you mean you're disappointed? Because he doesn't like the peanuts. I don't, I, don't, I don't love them. I don't hate them. I just don't love them. Uh, speaking of the peanuts, my next tattoo appointment's in like five days from when this drops. And that should give you a you hint ha- what I might be getting. I was about to say, you have told us nothing until that very moment just a second ago. Well, there's peanuts, a hint. Huh? Are, you getting the, are you getting the tree? There's a hint. Are you getting Is the it tree? Christmas? I, are you getting I, Linus with his blanket? Are you getting Snoopy on top of his... As the Red Baron, are you getting a Snoopy Vulture? Because that would be awesome. Is Woodstock? Woodstock's <laughs> going to be in it because you love Woodstock. Woodstock has got to be in it. It's going to be the Christmas tree with Woodstock and Snoopy. I'm I, calling it. I think he's getting one of Peppermint Patty and Lucy together. Uh, there's a Peanuts connection in tonight's movie. You guys knew that, right? In tonight's uh-huh. TV show, that the voice of Marcy played one of the characters in the second Alf episode, mainly the woman that. giving birth in the elevator. She's the voice of Marcy. Weird. She was yeah. also in something, and I have not been able to remember what she's acted in. But it's like something I really like. Um, uh, also, something we haven't discussed on here that I do want to touch on because we talked about it offline. How awesome does the Suicide Squad look? It looks so good. I'm so in for that shark head character, whatever King it is. Shark. Sylvester Stallone. King <laughs> Shark, that's it. Me too. It looks so good. Looks I was so bummed funny. there was no Nathan Fillion in the trailer. He was in one shot. Well, I think not, I think he'll be one of the ones who dies pretty enough. early. What do we think? Uh, what is he like TDK or something where he can pull his body parts off and throw them at people? Yeah. So good. Really makes me laugh and I love it. They better not kill him right away. What do we think, think about the Obi-Wan Kenobi casting? Uh, oh, man. Talk about a stacked cast. Why yeah, Hayden They got them big guns. Because he's Darth Vader. He's Darth Vader when What's-His-Face was Obi-Wan Kenobi. It makes sense. Yeah, but is it going to be in flashbacks or what? Because obviously he's Vader at this time. Like, so does it really it's matter who's be, under the mask? It's got to be flashbacks. It's be flashbacks. Yeah, and they cast Uncle Owen and Aunt Barood, so I assume Luke Skywalker is going to make an appearance too. Oh my goodness! Have you seen? Oh wait, who fit? Who did you finish the Mandalorian, Tom? No, I haven't finished the last okay. episode. It makes me too sad. You pu- push through, man. Come on, woman up and make it happen. I will not say anything then. 
Is it is it like fan art of a certain actor playing another certain character? I don't know if it's fan art or not. I just saw a headline that rumored a potential, and I was like, "Dang!" I mean, if they they look like twins, yeah. I don't think it's official. We're on the same wavelength, right? We're thinking the same person, Anthony. Because I then saw that he said um, that uh, if he ever did it, he would need he would want what's his name's blessing. Okay. Well, obviously. to which point to at to at which said actor said he thinks I have more power than I actually do because I have nothing to do with the making of anything. <laughs> I figured it would it would be like I don't know, like he would obviously officially need his blessing that he would want him to say right. Yeah, yes. that's what a lot of actors which do when so they take kind. over an iconic yeah. role, right? Yeah, that's what a lot of directors do too when they take over a franchise with somebody else as well. Yeah, but they look he looks exactly like. Yes. Said person at said age. Yes. Uncanny. Never saw it before, but now I cannot unsee it. You need to watch hey, that. Tom, last hey, hey, Tom, take your headphones off for a second. I would love an episode of Luke, a series of Luke training young Jedi with Luke and R2 on that island with like young Grogu and young Ben Solo and all these yes. young Yes. I need that filled in. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a storyline I really want to see and live. Yep. It's Sebastian Stan, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Good deal. I was just well, making- <laughs> looks exactly like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Hello again. We were just saying how much we love you, Tom. So tonight we are covering the two Christmas episodes. One of them I would call the infamous Christmas episode of the 80s sitcom ALF. Now, for those who don't know, ALF is about an alien, alien life form, that's what ALF stands for, who crashes into the Tanner's garage one day and becomes stranded and becomes a member of their home. And it's very, like, bewitchy in the terms of, like, they always have to hide him from the neighbors. He can't, like, you know, it's Harry and the Hendersons bewitched, kind of, like, mixed between those two. And, of course, it's... He's a cat-eating alien, and of course the family has a cat, and just a lot of misunderstanding between Melmachian traditions and Earthling traditions. And So I'll just uh, jump into history now. I love this show growing up. Like, this show, I have always wanted. If anyone wants an idea, any listener, or Tom and Julie wants an idea, what to get Anthony for Christmas this year, if you can find an ALF plushie. I have always wanted an elf stuffed animal and I never had one as a kid. That would be my, if Tim Allen Santa was bringing me my gift, I never got, that would be it. An elf like plush. I had one as a kid. I'm just saying. Well, good for you. Anyway. I agree. Yeah. I loved it. And I can't believe this was like a primetime TV show. And actually there's a funny story. Cause so everyone knows I'm like a huge fan of Seinfeld when they gave Jason Alexander the script for the pilot when he was hedging on whether or not to play George, he said, I love the show. I think it's funny, but there's no way a show like Seinfeld is going to be a hit when the number one show in America right now is Alf, <laughs> which is hilarious because obviously completely two different 
Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I love Elf. And I remembered both of these Christmas episodes, although the latter one stuck with me more for obvious reasons. What about you guys? What's your history with the show? I had never heard of this show before you added it to... No, I'm just kidding. I grew up with Alf. I loved Alf. I also remember both of these episodes. And I remember Alf being a a show we watched as a family. It seems now as I watch it as an adult, I see the humor there for children and adults. It's It's like a perfect family show. Very 80s show, too. That opening credits is very 80s. Although that always... Oh, that music? That makes me laugh so... What I think I brought it up in this ep- uh, in a previous episode. It disturbs me whenever you see Al's feet, whenever you see him walking, when he's not the puppet from the waist up. Like, oh, that like gives me the, all the weird feelings. But anyway, <laughs> are you like that? I can't remember. Are you like that with all Muppet type characters when you see their feet, or is it just Alf? So I think it's like these big furry ones. Like, so like when they show Kermit, like in the Muppet movie, riding a bicycle, you can tell it's not a tiny little, you can tell it's not a guy in a suit. Like when you have like Alf walking, you can know it's somebody in a weird furry suit and it just creeps me out. But (laughs) Julia, what's your history? Um, so I've seen some episodes of Alf. We did not watch it as the family. Um, I don't know why I'm thinking it was probably not my parents cup of tea. So we didn't watch it. Um, so I don't remember these Christmas episodes. I'm not sure if I ever saw them. Um, I think I've just picked up episodes of Alf throughout the years randomly. So I like it though. I mean, it's funny. It's definitely dated. Um, and I can definitely see how, um, adults would have gotten just as much enjoyment from the show as kids because of all the Alf jokes that are so far above kid stuff. I mean, Alf is one of these characters who kind of transcended the material he was in because this guy had a talk show for a while. He had that weird TV spinoff movie. He had a cartoon. He was like all over the place. Like even like in the early 2000s, he had like, they brought him back for another talk show on TV land or something like that. Like he was all over the place. So I think people love the alien, even if they don't love the show. And there's always talk about them trying to, you know, do an elf movie like a proper one in modern day but the last time they were talking about that they were talking about getting rid of the puppet and doing a cgi which is a big no-no like if you're going to do an elf movie use a puppet is he a jim henson product no he is not although he i could see like he he's he's similar i could see him being a background muppet like the muppet show or something anyway let's run through the cast real quick before we get into our first Christmas episode. Not a huge cast because it's just really the family and Alf himself. So the voice of Alf is Paul Fusco, who is an American puppeteer, voiceover artist, and character actor, uh, best known for portraying and controlling Alf. He actually served as a creator, writer, producer, and director of the show as well. He did a lot of Alf stuff. He did an Alf's hit talk show. Alf Tales, Alf the Animated Series, Project Alf, which is the awful movie that was supposed to serve as a finale years after the show was canceled. He was in something called Santa's Magic Toy Bag, in which he played Santa. Hmm. It's a weird title for a movie about Santa. Um, He was in an Easter story. He was in a a far out and forth. He was in a Thanksgiving tale, the Valentine's Day that almost wasn't. Was this like a whole series of movies? These are all like 1983. 
He was in Dumbo Circus. Do you remember Dumbo Circus? The live action puppety Dumbo show on Disney Channel. I don't. I remember that. Some kid I babysat used to love that show. Really? That was in the 90s? That was in the 80s. 85. Never mind. Never mind. I was not babysitting when I was three. (laughs) I'm not thinking of the same thing, apparently. Uh, He appeared as Alf on Blossom. I guess Alf was in an episode of Blossom. Because uh, why wouldn't he be? He, he appeared as Alf in Hollywood Squares. Uh, he appeared. I as love that Al- show. They had a lot of ridiculous things on Hollywood Hollywood Squares. Yeah. He appeared as Alf in the Funny or Die film Donald Trump's The Art of the Deal, the movie starring Johnny Depp as Donald Trump, <laughs> <laughs> playing Alf's straight man, who Alf bounces off of most of the series. Willie Tanner, the patriarch of this family is Max Wright. Um, He's this is, he, is, he is best known for ALF, but hardcore Friends fans will know he is actually the owner of Central Perk, not Gunther. He was Rachel's original boss and appeared in the first season as the owner of Central Perk before he stopped appearing on the show and let Gunther manage it. He also had That's a right. coke and prostitute addiction. I did know that. Male Oof. prostitute addiction and cocaine. Yep, yep, yep. Oh. He was in Grumpier Old Men. He was in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, he had a lot of guest roles on television. He was in Taxi, WKRP in Cincinnati, Tales from the Dark Side, ER, Cheers, Murder, She Wrote, Ghost Rider, Quantum Leap, Murphy Brown, Friends. Basically every 80s show. Mad About You, the Drew Carey shows. Basically every 80s and 90s show. Yeah. Playing his wife, Kate Tanner, is Anne Sheedon. She began her career in the sci-fi horror film Embryo. She had recurring roles on Emergency and The Reese Company. She was cast on the short-lived series Paper Dolls, opposite Lloyd Bridges and Lauren Hutton. She played as Emily Phillips in the second season of Cheers. And then she went on to be an ALF and had a recurring role in Judging Amy in 2001. Was she just the, the was she not just the quintessential 80s mom? You looked at oh, her she was. she was mom. Oh yeah. Yep, and she of was. Course, and of course it was one of those things like so the very first episode of the show, she was all she was one against Alf and everything. Get rid of him, get rid of him, get rid of him. Then when the neighbors or the army or whoever came knocking, she was the one who hit him and said, Okay, we can keep him, which is a total 80s mom thing. Like that's a mom trope on TV whether it's a dog, whatever. I Growing pain, she's remember, it was a mom who didn't want them to take in Leo DiCaprio first. Yep. It's always a mom thing. I, I loved her though, like how she, she was the one who always, like Willie was the pushover. She was the one who was hardcore against Alf most of the time though. Like <laughs> Willie would joke about kicking him out, but she was the one that really got mad at Alf. Like, yep. I mean, Alf also got mad at them a lot. There were times he ran away. <laughs> I'll never forget one he wrote because they thought he ate the cat. The cat got out, but they thought he ate them. So he wrote, he wrote a note, you know, saying goodbye. He's going to clear his name by finding the cat. And then he accidentally spills grape soda on the note. And he's like, P.S. These are my tears. <laughs> Lynn Tanner, a uh, playing Lynn Tanner, the daughter is Andrea Elson. She was in the uh, science fiction adventure series, Whiz Kids. And then uh, she got famous for Alf, for which she won two Teenage Actress Youth in Film Award nominations in the 80s. 
oh, she's from Westchester County, New York. That's right over the bridge. But she was also in um, a bunch of shows in the 80s and 90s. She was on Who's the Boss, uh, ABC After School Special, Married with Children, Mad About You, Step by Step, The Young and the Restless. And currently she is working as a yoga instructor and playing the youngest son, who is the one who is closest to Alf on the show. Brian Tanner is Benji Gregory. This guy, Alf, is his most famous well, he did voices on Pound Puppies. He was in Murphy Brown, Fantasy Island, the A-Team. But uh, he's best known for Alf. Pound Puppies have made a comeback. And that's our main cast. Um, there are well, people of note to go over in the second episode, but we'll talk about them when we get to it. So our first episode is season one, episode 12. Oh, Tanner Bomb. Ha 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 ha. Who wants to give a synopsis for this one? So it opens up oh, with Alf so reminding when, Willie his brother's dead and stops sending him Christmas cards. Well, they're looking at they're looking at old. They start out looking at these old Christmas cards, right? That that the the Tanners have have received, and Alf comes busting in, letting everybody know that he's hidden all the eggs. Alf doesn't really understand human traditions and gets everything mixed up. Right, this is his first Christmas on Earth, so he thinks he has to hide all the eggs. They're like, that's Easter. Okay, I'll go carve my pumpkin. That's Halloween. (laughs) He, Alf, does know there is a guy who watches kids, people, and decides that they're naughty and nice. So he made them eggs for breakfast (laughs) in attempt to be nice, but he also chopped up the Christmas tree into firewood (laughs) in an attempt to think he's being helpful. So, uh, you know, and of course, these misunderstandings are the crux of Alf in general, and the Tanners are upset, so Willie and Alf go to find a new Christmas tree. And while they're out, our good buddy next door neighbor, Trevor, just barges in as he is wont to do. The Akmanonok? <laughs> the Akmanons? Akmanons. <laughs> they are both so insufferable. Like, I mean, again, these are like bust, the neighbors on Bewitched. He just sort of busts in and invites himself and, grab, you know, he gets, he, he, he like, like basically strong arms them out of their eggnog, right? But while um, Willie and Alf are out, why does Willie, why does Willie go to sleep? They break down. Oh, yeah. the, car, the car breaks down and Willie goes and he's taking a nap because uh, he's tired and he has this, this bad dream where he and his family, well, they're like the 50s family. family all of a sudden yeah and his family is leaving after realizing um that he gave that he brought home a fake tree right and alf is a maintenance man to mm-hmm. fix the tree yep and then kate this is where kate tells willie that she's been sleeping with trevor <laughs> um Brian goes to fight communists in the army, and Lynn has run off with her uh, boyfriends, plural. She has more than one boyfriend. And when he wakes up from the dream, he finds out that Alf has got the tree, tied it to the car, and... Uh, made himself uh, useful, essentially. He made, And then the, the, rain, the park ranger shows up, and uh, Alf gets his wish that he had at the beginning. He just wanted a snow white Christmas, right? He wanted the true white Christmas experience. And then we wake up on Christmas morning and do gifts. It's so cozy Christmas morning. It is so cozy. Their house is so 80s homey. 
It is. I do like when uh, they're talking at the end, sitting around the tree and everything, Christmas morning. When they remark, we really ended up with a beautiful tree. And Willie's like, it cost me $367. What with the fine (laughs) and the towing. And (laughs) that just made me laugh because that's totally something another total alf thing alf always tries to spin for the positive like hey i even though i screwed up it all worked out in the end (laughs) but to your point julia it was so cozy christmas morning it looked very christmasy it gave me the feels christmas morning i love seeing what i I do love seeing what they what an what an alien thinks people want for christmas from a mail order catalog (laughs) brian got a leaf blower is that right (laughs) Yep. Yes. The sister got a staple gun. The mom got uh, like an orbital sander. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. At this point, at this point, I do want to say Mike Westfall of the Advent Calendar House podcast, our good friend Mike, um, did remark to us in outrage that Alf has a name. His name is Gordon, Gordon Shumway. And yet this family <laughs> is like, hey, alien life form over here. <laughs> which is true but it is, um, it is. i, I that'd be, like, be like you just starting to call larry dog all the time yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so i do have a few quotes but uh at the beginning i i the very beginning i like i love when i was like willie your uncle Doug is dead. And Willie was like, Doug's been dead for two years. I know. And Alf is like, so stop sending him Christmas cards. <laughs> like, just completely insane <laughs> to the fact that he might not know he's dead. You know, as if you can, as if you can possibly forget somebody you know and love died, right? <laughs> I don't remember what the exact quote is, but I like when he does the Karnak comment. Oh, Karnak. What does he say? They're talking about how much things cost, and Willie's like, it's more, but it's less. And Al says, it's like I'm talking to Karnak. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That made me laugh. <laughs> I liked when Alf was looking through the slide mass view master thing. He's like, oh, yay. Sylvester and Tweety. They flip the lever. Yeah, that cat died. Ellie's <laughs> like, why does he want the cat to die? Oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, honey, he just wants him to die. So well, you see, eat. Ellie, <laughs> he wants him to eat him. Did uh, does Ellie find Alf cute? She loves Alf. You know, it's funny because we got my when my my nephew came to stay with us back when he's probably oh somewhere between six and eight. We we benched all the Alfs with him too, and he just loved it. It's, it's so funny. Like that, I forgot. Like I, it wasn't too long ago I binged Alf again recently, and it is like you said earlier, Tom. You forget, like not having seen it for a while, how much adult humor there was in it to keep adults entertained. I've got another quote when Alf says, "All right, let me see if I get this whole reindeer thing straight." There's, uh, there's Dasher, Dancer, Comet, Cupid, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Lynn <laughs> says, no, it's Prancer, Dancer, Vixen, Blitzen. Alf goes, Huey, Dewey, Louie. Brian goes, no, those are ducks. Alf says, and how do they pull this leg? <laughs> <laughs> I did like when they're all uh, commenting on the gifts and Alf is like, it's a thought that counts. And the important thing is we're all together. In the words of the immortal St. Frosty the Snowman, God bless us, everyone. <laughs> 
He tries so hard. He tries so hard. So did y'all like this one overall? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it was fun. Felt very Christmassy. It was was just, the whole thing was, yeah, the whole thing was Christmassy. Mm -hmm. Except maybe And it just felt so 80s that it It just made it even better. (laughs) What is with a lot of shows in the 80s and 90s and even like the 60s and 70s do the thing where somebody falls asleep and they have the weird trippy dreams or they're like in the past and yeah that was a Uh that's a trope like so many tv shows do that that's a trope yep did it have a linus moment yeah because i mean yeah what did they miss most of all when they were in the car right was family and family his whole yeah it's a wonderful life flashback in his head and alf doing the kind thing to make him happy and i would agree though it's definitely a linus moment yes so what would y'all give this one? I was thinking an eight, actually. I was too. Yeah, eight's great. Let's do eight. That gives an average of an eight. That gives an average of an eight. So the second and only other Christmas episode that Alf ever did was season two, episode 11 and 12. It was an hour long called hmm. Alf's Special Christmas. Now this one is infamous infamous you google alf christmas this is the episode that comes up there are so many behind the scenes stories and articles and deep dives into this episode all over the internet because this is just a weird piece of television and even weirder coming out of a show like alf so (laughs) i do have a quick synopsis for this one the tanners decide to spend Christmas in a cabin in the woods. There they meet Mr. Foley, a man that fixes broken toys during the year and gives them to kids in the hospital for Christmas. Alf accidentally gets caught in Foley's truck as he drives off with Alf and the rest of the toys in the back. In the hospital where the toys are handed out, Alf meets Tiffany, a very sweet but terminally ill child. Now, this was this was really sad. This yes. episode was based on, you know, so Back in the 80s, children loved ALF. So the Make-A-Wish Foundations, Terminal Kids always used to want to talk to ALF. That was a lot of their wishes. So they used to do phone calls. And there was a real girl named Tiffany who chatted with ALF. And while I'm just going to read this quote from this deep dive because it's really interesting. So while Fusco can't recall the specifics of his conversation with Tiffany, he said that as general approach to those kinds of private appearances would be to keep the mood light and playful. I would make jokes and small talk. I would try not to talk about their situation, which they didn't want to talk about anyway. I would sometimes get a fact sheet about what they liked or damn like, and I'd throw it to them and ask, do you have any questions you want to ask me? I tried to make them laugh as much as I could and then say, hang in there. You be good. I hope to see you again. You leave them on a positive note. That's about all you can do. One rule he absolutely had was to never break character in front of the children. These kids want to believe it was magic to them. I was a magician early on in my career and never want to see what's behind the curtain. You want to keep it real. So I guess this conversation with the real life Tiffany impacted them so much they decided to write a whole episode around it and like this episode is completely different in tone it's not multi-camera it's single camera there's not that usual setup for a punchline like it feels more like can't be funny it's real it's a it's the closest thing alpha alpha ever got to like a movie essentially it looks like a little mini movie 
Yep. They're like, they shot, like, you could tell they weren't on set. They were on like real locations and mm-hmm. it was an interesting television experiment. I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not only a terminal girl in this episode, it is a suicidal man who just lost his uh- wife. So, so Julia, you're the one who has no experience, like less experience with Alf than me and Tom. Have you seen this episode before? Have you heard of this episode? No, 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 no. I had no, I didn't know what was hitting me (laughs) except for all the buildup y'all did of it's that one, you know, that's a real doozy. And it's, it's so different (laughs) from the first one. And as I'm gathering from every other Alf episode out there, every single one, it, uh, it's, deep man yeah it it is and i remembered the tiffany storyline y'all i did not remember the suicidal man and maybe it's because of my age yeah when i was a kid when i was a kid i knew it was coming because like i said we we watched through these eight ten years ago and i was shocked but i was really shocked that they dealt with something as heavy as you know somebody being suicidal and looking to out i mean it was just it's a lot to throw on somebody Mm-hmm. but it's dealing with reality and the real emotions and things that people face at the holidays some people face at the holidays right we and we have talked about yeah. that show most yeah. notably with like charlie brown for kids right like it yeah. is like not everyone is happy around the holidays it is a depressing time of self-reflection for a lot of people i mean it's a self-reflective right. time for everyone but for a lot of people that can be very depressing and uh this really dealt with that head-on yeah i mean <laughs> they put in so there is that little subplot here where alf gets stranded in an elevator with a woman giving birth um, they put that in because they needed laughs into this humor, episode. Yeah, the network humor. wanted laughs, and I uh, needed so, laughs. So, they, so they put that in. <laughs> and uh, I mean, right off the bat, they go to this cabin for Christmas, and Willie talks about why he loves this cabin, and he and he says that as a kid, his dad lost his job, his parents couldn't pay their mortgage, they were kicked out of their home in December around Christmas, and were literally left out in the cold, homeless, until a kind man let them stay at the cabin. I mean, they were beating you over the head with sentimentality. Yeah. I I was ready to come at this and criticize it left and right, but reading that stupid article that Anthony made me read before this, I feel bad being critical of this episode because well, it's heavy handed. It is. But in, in the episode's We're defense, in- like a lot of Christmas stuff is heavy handed. Well, yeah. With the eighties too. I mean, just remember some of the stuff like on family matters or step-by-step that we saw. Yep. You know, but I do want to point out how suddenly we don't notice his giant nose body here. <laughs> Because he puts on a mask. Now we're living in a in a different world. We're living in a in a in a COVID mask as norm world. But I still think I would notice a non-human entity wearing a mask. <laughs> okay. And, so the and, fact and that everyone thing is he's delivering the baby with those extra hairy hands and arms. Yeah. They would have to touch parts of this lady. She's maybe she's so in the zone. I don't know. I've never given a baby. I've never pushed a human outside of me. But what? Not only that, but the fact that everyone thinks this guy is a toy. This guy, I always found Alf cute. I always wanted a plush of him. But 
the actual puppet, like that thing, if he was a real creature, looks like he would smell. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> this thing was like, <laughs> he bathed. He bathed. <laughs> I'll take a bath. He wears like a shower cap and he takes bubble baths. No, I don't think he would smell. <laughs> well, his fur looks grimy to me. I know he bathes. But um, <laughs> but like so, dogs. Some dogs look grimy, but they don't smell. The other thing is, weren't there references in other episodes to him being like really heavy? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I he eats that. so much. He always eats their whole fridge. Yeah. So yeah, he it, it he's super heavy, but in this episode, he's just like a little plush toy that they can throw around. Well, he mentions he mentions that uh, Santa mentions at one point how heavy he how heavy he is when he's bringing him into Tiffany's room. Yeah, I guess so. So, like when he actually picks him up, he he mentions how heavy he is. Okay, so how does Alf get from the cabin to the hospital? Essentially, he opens up all the Tanner's gifts in the cabin, <laughs> comes out wearing a sweater that Kate had gotten Willie, and and change all the tags on the other presents to say from Alf. But but he also brought Holly in from outside, which Willie is waving around <laughs> and talking about. Turns out uh, it's Poison Oak. So they get mad at him and Alf goes outside, uh, upset. And this is when Mr. Foley shows up to talk to the family. And mm-hmm. Alf uh, sneaks into the guy's car amongst all the toys because he's doing the same thing in this car. He's unwrapping all the gifts yeah. <laughs> for these kids. And Mr. Foley is... I felt so bad for this guy because this family drags out of this guy what happened to his wife. And it was clear yeah. this guy didn't want to talk about it at all. Yeah. That was an invasion of privacy. <laughs> yep. So, But he gives him this letter, this and don't open till Christmas letter, right? Um, and he does this another time at the hospital with a doctor. Don't open until Christmas. Um, so then that drops a little. It's the gun on the mantelpiece, right? Yep. So, of course, Alf is still in the car when <laughs> Mr. Foley gets back in. And Alf has to stay silent. He knows enough to stay silent when he's around other humans and pretend he's a toy. Because, you know, he, there's always this threat hanging over the series, which is never a real threat until, like, the finale when he gets caught. But there's always this threat that the government's going to come and, you know, experiment and dissect him, essentially. But at the hospital, Mr. Foley dresses as Santa and gives Alf to this eight-year-old terminally sick girl named Tiffany mm-hmm. because she's the last of mine and Alf is the last toy, which is sad because if Alf didn't hop in that truck, she'd get, she'd get no She wouldn't toy. have had anything. Have had well, any, no, they wouldn't have had a present for her. There, w- Where did that bunny at the end come from then? Doesn't she pick between the two? No, she uh, doesn't. That's the kid before her. So Tiffany's just happy to have a quote-unquote friend she names Alf Amanda, takes her to her room and start brushing her hair, has a tea party with her. And while she's doing all this, she's dropping not very subtle hints about why she's in the hospital. Yeah, like, And when subtle. she's about to put earrings on her new doll, I think Alf's masculinity gets the best of him and he reveals himself <laughs> like he stops. Too <laughs> he far. Reveals- that is one step too far. <laughs> And rather than being terrified by this furry, smelly, giant, big-nosed guy who is essentially an Italian gentleman, uh, Tiffany, (laughs) she takes it in stride. Oh, a talking stuffed animal. No, I'm an alien. Oh, an alien. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, And And she takes it in stride when Alf 
not knowing just how sick this girl is, tells her he's the one in danger and she needs to help him get back home. Mm-hmm. So Tiffany gives Amanda back to Mr. Foley and gets another toy in return. But it's this is also around when Alf overhears what's going on with Tiffany, right? And that she won't have another Christmas. Right. So she, he goes back to the room to spend time with his new terminally ill friend. And Tiffany's ecstatic when he comes back, which just makes mm-hmm. your heartbreak for her even more because you know, know Alf can't stay with her, right? Right. So Alf goes back and in his short absence, she threw a picture of the two of them together. And, you know, they talk. And Tiffany asks if Alf misses his home planet at Melmac. Um, and he says, of course. But when I came to Earth, I made a new friend. And it's like the show is equating her going to this new plane of existence to Alf. Yes. Showing up on this new planet. That's right. Yeah, And this girl breaks down, ugly crying, into this puppet who Alf starts crying himself. He sheds a tear and it is heartbreaking. You don't want to see Alf cry. You don't want to see a little girl cry. And now it's like when Mickey cries and yeah, no, it's just wrong. And and what does Alf be crying? And to put the cherry on top of this depression Sunday, what does Alf tell this little girl? It's okay to be scared and that everyone in heaven will be your friend. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's It's heartbreaking. heartbreaking. And then right before, you know, (laughs) we get too depressed to change the channel, we cut back to the Tanners and their cabin, who are only just now realizing that Alf has been missing for, like, probably a solid 12 hours at this point. (laughs) Well, and they open up the letter. They're supposed to wait until Christmas Eve. And it's, it's, he gave them the cabin. Right. The deed to the cabin. And he's like, something ain't right here. This seems wrong. And uh, that's when they, you know, realize Alf is missing and they go into the woods to search for him. And this is when we cut back to the hospital and thankfully get a moment of levity where Alf is going around the hospital for some reason. He hides under a gurney, which happens to have a pregnant woman upon it. And (laughs) they get stuck in an... (laughs) Why wouldn't Alf get stuck in the elevator with her while she's delivering the baby? Right. So, of course, he puts his scrubs on and delivers this thing. I thought of where she's from. The actress having the baby is that is in that episode where of Friends, where Monica is trying to get validation that she's a good chef. And so she goes to have that one snooty chef try her buoy base and he hates it. And she happens to be in a cooking class and she stays and she takes the cooking class. That's the teacher. Oh, very. That's, that's a deep cut. deep cut. Deep cut. So Alf delivers this baby successfully. No harm to mother or baby, thankfully. But on his way out of the elevator, Alf says, suggests naming the girl Tiffany in honor of his dying friend, which yeah. is, oh, <laughs> it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, yeah. What happens? So Mr. So the doctor... Uh, a doctor stops Mr. Foley on his way out of the hospital with Alf, right? Alf somehow sneaks into Foley's bag or something like that. Right. I don't know. He's leaving the hospital is the point, but he, this doctor also opened Foley's letter, which he wasn't supposed yes. to until Christmas. And what's in that letter, Julia? In that letter is he had told the doctor initially, it's just a donation to the hospital, but don't open it until, you know, Christmas. 
And so the doctor opens it because nobody listens to people's wishes in this episode, apparently. And it's like his life savings. And he said, it's one thing to give a donation, you know, usually it ends in some zeros, a hundred, a thousand dollars. You gave me like, you know, like some big old number that ends in, you know, he said is hinky. Like he think he, he knows what's going on here, but he says, talk to me in a few days. Why don't says, you come talk to me on the 26th? On the yeah. 26th. Yeah. Yeah, like what kind of hack doctor clearly knows this guy is struggling and says, we really, we've got, there's something going on here, but give me two days. And, and Mr. We'll Foley says, I have other plans and just walks out of the hospital. And this doctor, rather than putting him under observation, which is what any normal doctor would do, just lets right. him walk right out. So Mr. Fail. Foley gets back in his car with Alf, unbeknownst to him. Yep. drives and parks on a narrow bridge in the middle of the night with snow coming down and he gets out to jump he climbs over the railing and dramatic music everything and that's when alf comes out of the car decked in a santa outfit which i can only mm-hmm. assume is mr foley's santa outfit and he tells mm-hmm. him to stop and at first mr foley dismisses him as some kind of like fever dream or something yeah. and uh before he somehow thinks he's like the incarnation of Santa Claus or something. He legit thinks he's Santa Claus. That was weird to me. That was um, weird. Wouldn't Santa be a Melman? You're Saint Nicholas. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. You really are, aren't you? <laughs> and while this guy is out of his mind, Alf tells him that he can't kill himself because he, Santa, is delegating his responsibilities to him to help the many people in this crazy modern world and your work is important and people need you you let a homeless family stay in his cabin because yes this is the guy who let willie's family stay when he was younger that's how he had the deed to the cabin mm-hmm. um you give toys to sick kids you brought a smile to a dying girl's face so mr foley's touched by alf's words and decides not to kill himself this christmas eve night and drives alf back to the tanners and since he <laughs> this is so stupid this part because he believes alf is truly santa claus this necessitates alf having to enter the cabin through the chimney <laughs> instead of walking through the front door but hey at least you get a smile on your face here because <laughs> this episode is very depressing and it's about to get depressing again because the epilogue features the tanners giving their christmas gifts to tiffany at the hospital and they give her a picture of Alf as well. So she'll always remember a friend. And when she looks out of the wind hospital window, Alf is in the uh, back of the car waving goodbye to her. Yeah. Sad mm, face. So sad. sad. Face. Oh my gosh. And then as the car drives away, roll credits, the end. But not before we get dedicated to Tiffany Lee Smith, who was the real girl that inspired this episode who died of leukemia in 1987. There were two dedicated twos. The first one was like Tony Parker or something like that. And then the second one was Tiffany. There were two dedicated twos where I watched it anyway. Is that another child who talked to Alf who died? I have no idea. So what was strange to me about this episode? There were a lot of strange things to me about this episode. (laughs) Um, (laughs) One of them is despite the tone, they still kept a laugh track. I feel, and I get it. It was an 80s comedy, but like. No, yeah, it felt that out of place in this episode. <laughs> and I forgot to mention that when Tiffany and Alf are talking, 
and she's dropping not so subtle hints about her condition. She puts Alf in an empty bed in her room and says she used to have a friend <gasps> who stayed in that room with her. But but, but the parents <laughs> removed her because she thought it would be such a downer. Yeah. Yeah, she oh. said the the quote was her mother was afraid I'd get depressed if we became it, she'd get depressed if we became friends. <laughs> I mean, this is I, nervous I, laughter, by the way, uncomfortable laughter. I'm not <laughs> laughing at the situation. I know people on the show, all, our listeners, and Tom sometimes think I'm a, <laughs> but I'm not laughing at this little girl's not condition. an appropriate time to be laughing about Spencer <laughs> Anthony. No, it's a lot. Like we, we know it's that a about whole you. We know you're not lot. That bad. You're not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I. There were a few of those moments in this episode where I was like, "What?" Felt Thomas zero the, Christmas feels from this episode, by the way. Like pretty we, much nil. Tom is going to come in as the worst. There's that whole quote Willie says, "What like this was the best Christmas that I can rem- remember," right? <laughs> I'm looking at what's left unsaid at that point, which is, sure, I've got you, honey, and you kids, but nope, y'all don't compare. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't make my top 10. This is number one. So one one funny comment I did see while searching, doing research about this episode, somebody wrote, so so did Alf drive Max Wright into doing crack and having sex with homeless men, or did doing crack and having sex with homeless men drive Max Wright into doing this episode of Alf? I can see it going either way. Ouch. But from this behind the scenes, really like oral history in-depth article of this episode. I did want to read the end of it, which by the way, we will be putting this up, this article on social media again for those of y'all who missed it when we posted it last week. While Alf's special Christmas is often met with baffled reactions today, 30 years ago, I helped the sitcom attain its perch among 1987's most highly rated shows. And rather than be upset by it, viewers seem to take its serious storyline in stride. The phone was ringing off the hook for sponsors as soon as that episode aired. Remembers Hollander, who went on to work as a co-producer during the show's third season and wrote a two-part Thanksgiving special where Alf aids a homeless man in the Tanner's neighborhood. My mother watched the show with some young kids in the neighborhood and said, they didn't laugh once. And I said, that's great, mom. That's just what I wanted. It was a true situation. We had this character that kids didn't know was just a puppet. Alf had meaning to a lot of children. Fusco expresses similar sentiments about kids' affections for his alien alter ego, blunting any emotional trauma from Tiffany's storyline. They believed enough in the character that we were able to pull it off and keep it real. They saw the emotion and felt that Alf had more range than just being a one-line jokester. At the same time, he's aware Alf's special Christmas is more of a time capsule for a vanished era of TV, as opposed to a source of inspiration for contemporary sitcoms. What shows are doing this kind of thing today? The Big Bang Theory wouldn't do something like that. Did we overdo it back then? Or is it because there's so much horror in the world right now, we want to give audiences pure escapism? Buying into the character was the important part, and it apparently worked because people were moved by it. So it's a product of its time that I guess almost we saw it live, we can't understand. I I buy that. I totally buy that. I, I, I do too. And I can, I appreciate they tried something different. Mm-hmm. I mean, they took a risk. They honored a real terminally ill girl's memory, yeah. Which you know, it's an amazing thing to do that they were yep. able to. You know, this girl who passed away, who loved Alf so much, they were able to write an episode about her, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, 
I mean, IMDb has it like in the mid eights out of 10 for like ranking interviews and stuff. So people have very strong feelings about this episode. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was a lot. I mean, I feel like if they did one more pass on the script, maybe they could have found a better balance with some more, a little more humor injected in it, you know? Yeah. Balance it out. So one of the things they said they wrote, but they never shot just for time was an opening scene where the tenors are driving to the cabin and it's just pure comedy because Alf sits in a car seat because he's a child and he has a, he has a plastic steering wheel back there because like a baby would. And as he's like driving and beeping on his steering wheel, he keeps asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Much to the Tanner's annoyance as he's buckled in the back, <laughs> beeping his plastic toy. So like things like that, like, oh. I mean, that sounds like it would have been cute. Any moments was, of laughter would have been appreciated. This was too heavy. It was too heavy. Yeah, and I now agree. I'm sad all over again. It was very heavy. I, I'll say, I, I think that what best sums up my feelings for it, I didn't hate the episode. I don't appreciate it as a Christmas episode. But how do you rate no. this? How do you give this a bad rating? <laughs> my, my thing is like, it's almost like that Christmas is probably the only time of the year a sitcom could have pulled off such an episode. That's a dilemma I have here <laughs> because like, I don't, th- I don't see them doing a random episode like this in the middle of springtime. No, I don't either. They could, did they it, could, did it have they a Linus? Summer and then just play a little Lana Del Rey behind it, you know, summertime <laughs> sadness. Oh God. Did it have a Linus moment at least? Um, The end at the cabin when Alf comes back, they realize well, they missed him when he was gone. The Mr. Foley doesn't him. kill himself. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, not committing suicide is usually uh, some sort of Linus moment, right? So, so, so Julia, I really wish, because you knew nothing about this going in except that, uh, oh, that one. I really wish you had, like, live taped yourself. Like, live taped your it. <laughs> the, I, like, so what was your, what were you, give, set the scene for us. What were you like when this stuff started <laughs> happening? What were you thinking? Set the scene a bit for us. I mean, it was just, it was a lot of... Oh my gosh. And I think it was probably my face more than anything. So Marty will oftentimes like pass through while I'm watching, you know, whatever we're watching for the episode that night. And um, he was like, oh yeah, Alf. So how'd you like it? Because he asked me that with the first episode and I was like, it was really Christmassy and it was super eighties. He's like, oh good. And then he walked by later and he's like, how was the second one? And I was like, it's like legit the biggest downer ever. It was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was like, what was the downer about it? And I'm like, look, Alf gets lost in the forest after his family kicks him out. And then he ends up at a hospital with a terminally ill girl. And like, she knows she's going to die and everybody knows she's going to die. And he realizes that and it's terrible. And then he helps deliver a baby in an elevator inexplicably and, and rescues some guy from jumping off a bridge. And he's like, all of that's happened in the same episode. And I was like, (laughs) all of it, (laughs) every bit. He's like, Oh man, what a downer. So so I do like how in this oral history, they said to kind of like lighten the mood on set when they were shooting that scene where he was on the bridge about to jump. Like the puppet just shouted, jump, you're right. You have nothing to live for. And it just want to crack up because it's like this puppet, like this hilarious puppet, you know. Well, so the actor is from Blazing Saddles. And I yes. assume 
like people knew that when they were watching and this, right? They were funny. probably wrecking. Not funny. Not funny. All. How do you go from Blazing Saddles to the, like? I understand comedic actors wanting to make a jump into serious roles, right? I totally get that. But like, he's not good in a serious he was, role. He was a fan of the show, so he wanted I mean, to be on the show. That's awesome. But like, let's I didn't buy a, it. I don't know. Let's find a role. I, I don't know if I want to be on Alf. This is not the episode I want to be on. <laughs> right. <laughs> like he would have been. So, I want to be. Yeah. I want to be somebody who accidentally sees Alf and has to get explained. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Why shouldn't we freaked out? Ugh. Yeah. I well this li- this little girl was someone too, right? She was on a show at the time on the network. So it's kind of a bit of cross promotion. She was on the drama our house. So what's interesting as well, Fusco was uncertain whether this actress was aware that she was playing a real person, but neither she nor NBC insisted on providing the fictional Tiffany with a last-minute reprieve via a Christmas miracle or a Melmacian serum. The last time you see her, she's sadly waving goodbye to Alf from the window of her hospital room, a clear signal that she won't be going home. That never came up, maybe because there's a real story there, Hollander says when asked whether the network wanted a happier ending. Nobody thought we've got to make a cheerful Christmas story. It was a true situation. We weren't trying to invent a story. In fact, Fusco remembers receiving letters from Tiffany's mother and doctor after the girl's death. They said that by just allowing her to talk to Alf, it prolonged her life by maybe a month. That gave her hope to hold on to. Oh, man. Gosh. They kind of hate us for covering Alf now. I mean, at some hey. point, we would have had to have done this. This episode is like a culture. Again, you Google Alf and Christmas. There are tons of deep dives, tons of oral histories, trivia, everything about this episode. It has like its own place in like television canon history. It's really actually, you can get lost going down in a rabbit hole. It's really interesting. This brings us to the question of what are we going to bring this very depressing christmas episode that was based on a true dying girl's like don't do this inspired by a true dying come on a 1.5 we're talking about tv we're talking about a tv episode right now because here's what should happen with that it is amazing it's and i'm going to bring up Ernest partially because i know that you hate it anthony but also because what did i do to you when we when we razzed (laughs) you about how you went on that whole tirade about jim varney and how then Tom and I were like, let's drop some Jim Varney truth bombs. Jim Varney also did the same thing with his Ernest character and Make-A-Wish Foundation that Alf did with the Alf character. But that had so, nothing to do with that specific movie. No, no. But I'm saying Jim Varney never made a movie or an episode where where Ernest interacted with some true-to-life scenario and put it on TV as entertainment oh. to his credit. So I love that Alf did that. I love that Alf extended her life by at least a month by by purely doing something out of the goodness of his heart, both as the actor that portrayed Alf and then Alf as the character. Because like you said, Alf, the character was a real thing to so many kids. So that's awesome. Don't make a TV show out of it. That's almost right. like, it's it's almost just wrong. Like They got permission the, though before doing it. I mean, that's fine, but you don't hear the parents saying, I'm so glad they put this episode on TV. It prolonged my daughter's life. No, I'm so glad Alf talked to my daughter. It prolonged her life. They never, and I haven't read all the articles. Maybe they did at some point, but like you don't, don't put this on TV. And if you are going to put it on TV, make it better. That might be harsh and coarse of me, but this is a 1.5. This is a terrible episode of TV. 
it's not feels it doesn't feel Christmassy. It's poorly written. It's over sentimental. And if I get hate mail for that, then so be it. It's not a good episode of television. You think we'll hear it, Julia is the worst after this? It Anthony? doesn't even stay. Oh, so like in four years in. Alf. For what people that really love canon? Alf, I mean, it doesn't. It does. It doesn't feel like Alf. None of this feels like Alf. The family. Well, finally, finally enough, when they do a clip show later on that includes a clip from every episode, this is the one episode that they include a clip from in the clip show. Right? It feels out <laughs> of context. So um, that's my 1.5. <laughs> I think I'm coming in at a two. It was saccharine. It was a lot of it was contrived. I think if it had just been the story about the girl, I'd be a little more forgiving. But throwing in the girl and Mr. Foley. It did hit you that. Yeah, I agree. They could have done one or the other. Putting both in like that was very, very. They, they're another credit to it being overly saccharine. They didn't even give this girl parents. It's like, like where were her? She's parents not just off? sick. She's also terminal. She also has no friends. She also has no parents. She also lives in this hospital and does everything alone. Like no. Okay, so I'm going to say something about the saccharine nature of this, and it is the fact that we have covered a lot of overly sentimental Christmas and overly saccharine Christmas films, and it depends on our sensibilities as to whether it's too much or not. Find me someone that says this is not too much. It's it's too much. I'll say uh, uh, but I'll say it's too much on another level, not the saccharine contrived level, because a lot of the sure. Christmas stuff we've covered has been saccharine sure. and contrived. Yeah, saccharine is um is not an adequate enough word for what this is. Yes. I one hundred percent agree with you, but I, I would yeah. No, that's have, a great call out. That's a great okay. I had I had English professors bleed red pen all over some of my rough drafts in college for being overly sentimental. And this is like a whole nother level. I'm having a <laughs> tough time with this one, y'all. This is the toughest I've had on grading something in a long time. I'm gonna talk it through and explain my reason. I'm gonna talk through my reasoning for our listeners, and hopefully by the time end of it, I get to a score. I do not think this is a good Christmas episode. It is a downer of a Christmas episode. We have covered downer Christmas stuff before, but in the end, they always manage to turn on the cheer at the very end. This doesn't. And I, I can see why, because it was based on a true girl's life. Having said that, I understand where Julia's anger is coming from there. In taking it's not a anger, dying, it's disappointment. It's taking a dying girl story and turning it into a television show. I took a different... I actually found it sweet. I think if I was in that situation, I would find it. My girl, my child loved Alf so much. He prolonged her life by a month and now they're honoring her memory by putting her in an episode with her favorite. So, and her parents did have permission. So I'm just putting that there. I totally see where you're coming from though. I don't think it's the best episode of Alf. I do appreciate they ex- went experimental though. Like, they did an ALF made-for-TV movie in the 90s that didn't look anywhere near this good. This looked cinematic. It didn't look like mm-hmm. a television sitcom. So I'll give them props for experimenting with the form a bit and for making something that resonated with people at the time. I don't think it's the worst episode of ALF in general. Uh, I, I'm giving it a five. It's not a Christmas episode. And that's where most of it loses points. But I am giving it points for its experimental nature and for being something different than what Alf normally did. And I'm giving it for what you took away for 
disappointing yeah. you. I'm giving it a point for honoring her memory and like immortalizing <laughs> her on television with her favorite Mel Mackian alien. I totally see where you're coming from. I think it's just, yeah, five. That's fair. Which gives us a 2.83. So about six points, five and change less than O'Tanner oh, Bone. And that's Alf. And I would be very, very curious to see. So we know what our close friends in the network think of this episode. But I'd be, you know, Mike Westfall, Jerry. We know what all of them think. I'd be curious to see what our, you know, the listeners we don't interact with as much on a daily basis think of this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. They can do that on any of our social medias and they can get there quickly by going to tisthepodcast.com backslash Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook group, Instagram, anywhere you want to interact with us. We are sure to get some good feedback on this one. (laughs) I'm definitely interested. And while you're at our social medias, uh, particularly Facebook groups is super active with this thing. We have a bracket for Christmas movies created in the spirit of March Madness, um, where you can vote and sick different Christmas movies up against each other and see what happens in the tussle that ensues. It has been a lot of fun and slightly terrifying to see some of the movies that are matched and competing against each other, because we obviously have strong feelings about some of those here on the podcast, and we know you do too. So check that out, get your votes in, um, and we will see how it all comes out in the end. So we need a little pick-me-up, I think, after discussing that episode. So I had a question on the week that we got a lot of feedback on. And it's which Christmas movies that haven't had Hallmark keepsake ornaments would you like to see get Hallmark keepsake ornaments? So we got a lot of good answers for that. That was a good one. I'll let you guys answer first. What movies haven't gotten ornaments that you'd like to see Hallmark do in the future? I think a Krampus would be super cool. Um, I would hang that on my tree. I want want the Krampus globe. Yes, the globe with the hand. How cool would that be? I would love all his toys, you know, the like evil gingerbread guy and the, yeah. Those old gingerbread men were funny. I'd take an Anna in the Apocalypse, even though that's obscure and it will probably never happen. But her with the candy cane. Uh, Claude Bellanger with that candy cane. Yeah, that would be awesome. Claude Bellanger had a great answer and I can't believe they've never done this, but they haven't because I had to look it up. Home Alone. What? What? They don't have a Home Alone line. They've never had a Home Alone. Christmas one. That's insane. I would like the Santa Claus. They've never done Santa Claus. And since Disney puts out a bunch of Hallmark ornaments, I'd, I'd like to see them put out the Santa Claus. And since Disney home owns Home Alone now, dude, the Santa yeah. Claus, Home Alone, and Miracle on 34th Street, because you own all three now. So all three should get ornaments. But a listener, Donna, said Prancer. Glenn Warren said Klaus. Mm-hmm. Those would be pretty ornaments. Alonzo Duralde posted Le Père Noël et une order. Sounds Ooh, fancy. That was painful fancy. to hear. <laughs> you know what? You're painful to listen to. <laughs> and uh, oh, she's telling uh, my mom. Susan Miller said, needs more Muppet Christmas Carol. There is one, but I want more. <gasps> like a Gonzo as Dickens? How perfect would that be? Oh my God. I would totally buy, like if they had a Gonzo Rizzo one and like, boom, done. That would totally go on my tray. Yep. I'd love to hear more feedback from people though on what ideas they have. Cause there are so many Christmas movies now that I think of it that don't have ornaments. So I'd like to see mm-hmm. like what other people think. Also, I am determined to really do stuff with our YouTube channel this year. 
So check out our YouTube channel. I put up like a little Christmas video montage people seem to like. So go check that out. That was awesome. Thanks. If it's available in your country, it got booted from countries. Like it's available in the US like, and Canada and England, apparently, because all of them have You cannot watch it in Iran. If we have an Iranian I, an Iranian listener, email us. How did you find us? What do you like <laughs> about our show? I'd love to talk to people from that area of the globe because we haven't heard from anyone from that area of the globe yet. So seriously, if we do have one of y'all, reach out. But yeah, check out our YouTube channel, which is just, I think if you search Tissa Podcast, it'll come up. And where else can they find us, Tom, if they want bonus content? On Patreon. And I promise it is much more jolly than this episode was. Go to tisthepodcast.com slash Patreon, and you will have way more fun than you did if you made it this far in this episode. Uh, You know what? This episode was interesting, at least. But yes, check out Patreon. There was was an awesome Leprechaun episode with Ron Hogan that Tom and I did. Actually, Ron Hogan and Jay from Filmster Podcast are going to join me for Godzilla versus Kong in two weeks. So if Tom and Julia are around and want to hop on that one. Next week, we are recording an episode on WandaVision with a whole bunch of Christmas podcasts, hosts, which should be really fun. Eventually, we'll do one on Justice League where me and Tom can explain why the rest of them are wrong. That'll be a quick episode. <laughs> You're wrong. Done. And... April Riley and I just did a Passover episode, which is actually cool. It's the first time we covered something on Patreon before it hits the main show, like a TV show, before we get to it on the main show. We did Curb Your Enthusiasm Passover episode, but later on this year for the main feed, we have Curb Your Enthusiasm's Christmas episode. So I would check out that one, see me and April take bets on uh, what Tom and Julia will think of the show. For the record, she loved it. It was the first time she saw it. So, And yeah, coming up in your main feeds next week, what do we have, Julia? <laughs> so coming up in our main feed next week, if you want to get a jump start on it, are our final three episodes of the Home Improvement Christmas episodes. Was the flight before Christmas? Bright Christmas and home for the holidays. Thank you, Anthony. That's right. And that will conclude home improvement, but also conclude TV month. And the week after that, we're returning to our main list and we will be covering the film Almost Christmas before heading back to the wonderful world of Rankin Bass for the little drummer boy. Okay. Uh, But before next week, check out our bonus episode on Thursday of Another Christmas Story, Chapter 10, which was going to be read to you by Michael Crystalman, who is one of our funniest and most awesome listeners, but he had a scheduling conflict. So yours truly is going to read this week's episode. So check it out. But I have some exciting news, y'all. There are only 6,360 hours until Christmas. That's 265 days. That's only 30 seven weeks get excited y'all like years flying we're in april already it's crazy so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. bye i'll be so blue